Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Check it out, man. We're singing, worthy is the lamb. Say, worthy is the lamb. Man, we hear that, but do we know what we're saying, man? Half the time, you know what I mean? It's fun to say. It's churchy to say. You know what I mean? It kind of sounds like it should mean something, all right? But, but I'm just going to remind us when we, when, when we speak of the Lamb of God, all right, who was slain, all right, for, for the forgiveness of our sins, we're speaking of Jesus Christ. We're, we're saying worthy is the Lamb, all right? And it's crazy to say worthy is, is the Lamb that was slain, all right? Because what we're saying is, is, is some somebody died or something died, but we're saying this, you know, that something or somebody is still worthy. So what does that actually mean? That that, that that lamb who was slain got up. Amen. Praise the Lord. That our great God and King, Jesus Christ, has risen from the grave. Amen. And the tomb is empty. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, man. That's what we preach right here. That's what we, everything is centered. All right. In, in, the, in, in, the, in, in the sacrifice the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Jesus, amen, of our great God and King, Jesus Christ, who died, who was buried, and who rose again, all right, and who, who, who gave us his spirit so that we could live a centered life, a Jesus life lived from the inside out, amen? All right, Jesus lived from the middle, makes a difference everywhere else on the outside. Jesus lived from the middle. Jesus lived from the inside, makes a difference everywhere outside. That's what I was gonna say, amen? Praise the Lord, that's what we're talking about. And we've been in this series, all right? We're, we're, we're in the middle of this series uh, called Centered. And we're just speaking about how everything, everything in our life, if, if, I'm telling you, man, either you were called here or you just chose to come here. All right. Now, I'll tell you, there's a difference because if you're centered in Christ, Christ has called you to come and listen to his word. Christ is going to, is going to, is going to, has gifted you with his spirit so that you can understand his word. All right. If you chose to come here, just like chosen to put on a Jesus, choose to put on a Jesus shirt, Jesus himself said, look, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. Amen. That's what he said. John chapter 15, verse 16. <clears throat> you did not choose me, but I chose you and even appointed you. Amen? That you should go and bear fruit for his glory. Amen? This is a centered life, a Jesus-centered life. Like we shared last week, a life that is from Jesus, not merely for Jesus. Not merely for Jesus. And, and what this requires is it requires time. All right? Time. We're surrounded by time. We're followed by time. We're existing in time. And we're heading forward to more time. And this is what requires. It requires time. And I love what, 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 what Gordon McDonald said about time. He says this. He says, if my inner world, my Jesus life, all right, is in order, it will be because I have made a daily determination to see time as God's gift and worthy of careful investment. Think about that for a second, because we, we, we lose time, right? We're always running out of time. Let me ask you this, man. Has, has any of you, <laughs> you ever feel like you, you just don't have enough time? Anybody here? <laughs> feel like you can use more time, more hours in the day. I just need more time. You ever feel like that? You ever say, I just ain't got no time. You ever feeling like that? You just need more time. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you ever feel like that is getting to be more and more the norm? 
Like I'm just running more. I'm needing more and more time. And it's just, it's just more and more and more. And you know, I got to ask you, man, when did you start losing time? When did you start losing time? You see, I believe that our problem begins when we don't, when we don't take time to sit with the creator of time, all right? And therefore, we think we need to buy some time so we can spend more time wasting time, all right? And I think that, you know, when we start wasting time, we start realizing we should have maybe saved more time. And so here we are, all right? We're trying to find time before we lose more time because we're always pressed for time, and which is why we're always saying, I ain't got no time. Right? That's just, it's just, it just seems that to be the cycle, the vicious cycle of time in our life. But I got to tell you that God he gives you all the time you need. He does. The question is, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your time? Can somebody turn the heater on, please? It's just not hot enough in here yet. <laughs> All right. Last week, just to kind of just to let you guys know, last week when the t power went out, remember that? Maybe, oh, second service, power went out. And it reset all of the thermostats. And I think it thinks we're in winter right now. So anyways... God's given you all the time that you need. I know this. The question is, what are you doing with your time? You know, there's just about everything else in life we can get back, right? We can try to get back. We can try to make up, you know, you know, you, you know or at least things that are like it, you know, or there's this, you know, we have opportunity to kind of to get things back, you know what I mean? To, to, to build things back up, everything except for time. You see, you can't, you, you, you can't literally buy time back. You can't earn time back. You cannot borrow time back, right? And you definitely can't take time back. The question is, what are you, so, so, so what are you doing with the time that you have right now, the time that God has given you? You see, I recognize a couple of things about, about my time is that I start to realize that, 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 uh, the time starts to get away from me when things start to get undone. You ever realize that? When, when time starts to get away from you, things just start to get undone. Your car gets a little more messy, right? Because you ain't got time to clean your car. You barely have time to clean your house. All right, so how am I going to have time, find time? We're going to find time to clean my car when I can barely find the time to keep my house clean. You also start noticing that all the flat spaces around you are loading up with papers and notes and post-its and, and to-do lists and, and things that you forgot that you want to remind yourself to do because, you know, time, it just keeps on creeping, right? You start, you start, you start looking around and you're thinking, man, you have, I have all these, you look at your text messages. How many text messages do you just have not returned? Do you ever feel it's just okay to look at the text and you feel that was good enough? I looked at it. <laughs> In my mind, I said something back, man. Just feel that. I just don't have time to just, you know, to just get all that back, return all those calls. And then you come here, all right? And then you come here and, you find, and you're listening to me say something like, you need to make time for God. You know what I mean? I know what you're thinking. You're like, dude, you don't need to tell me that. I really, really want to. I want to make more time for God. It's just that my life is just so chaotic right now which is why I'm telling you to make time for God. Um, it's like, you ever try to tell somebody dying of thirst, man, do you just need to drink some water? <laughs> right? It's that same kind of thing, man. 
I was talking with, this, I've done this a couple of times with a couple of guys, right? This is just actually a few weeks ago. I'm talking with some guys. I'm like talking about, you know, just making time for God, just kind of, you know, just kind of just creating that time and just like take, take, you know, taking the time to be with the creator of time. And, and sure enough, same thing, man. Look, dude, I know, man, I know. I really, really want to, man. I just, I just have this and I have this going. And I'm like, I know, man, life is crazy. Life is crazy. And they're just telling me, I just don't have time to sit with God for a while, even for any amount of time. It just gets crazy. Time just gets away from me. I says, I get it. I understand, man. I says, hey, man, we should get together. We should get together for some lunch or some breakfast or something. They're like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I says, when do you have time? She goes, oh, probably in the mornings or in the afternoons. And I'm like, dude, you totally have time. I told him straight up, you totally have time for me, but you don't have time for God? Wait a second. Here's what I want to do. Let's schedule breakfast this Wednesday, all right? I'll meet you at 8 o'clock. Can you make it? Yeah, I'm going to call and cancel. Take that time and spend it with God. Just think about it. It might work, Right? And so here's what I want to do. All of you, let's have breakfast tomorrow. I'm probably going to cancel, but you have something else you can do with that time, right? Spend it with the Lord. Amen. Just come on, man. Come on, man. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to y'all, right? Come on, man. Let's do this. Here's what I know, man. When it comes to time, we have way more control than we think. I believe that 95%, at least right around that area, of of our time is ours. We have control of at least 95%. Because of, out of that 95% we are, we, you know, of our time, it's, it's either what we're creating or what we're allowing in our time. All right, 95%, I've got to say this, man, of, of our time is what either you create or you allow. Either you are ordering your time or your time is ordering you. Come on. I know I'm preaching to somebody in here, man. And here's what I know. The enemy of your soul will gladly fill any unintentional time in your life. Will gladly fill any unintentional time in your life. I'll put this up there. The enemy gladly fills any space left between you and Jesus. He does. Which will lead you to waste more time. So what if we just chose to, to close the gap? How do we close the gap, man? We, well, we, we begin by closing the gap privately and personally. We have to, we have to close the gap by, by ordering our time personally and privately. You see, if we don't own the gap and close that gap personally and privately, the enemy all right, uses it personally and publicly. You see, personally, you give up. You don't even try to find time. You don't even try to take the time, all right? And publicly, guess what? It shows. Which is why I want to challenge you today, all right, to this one statement. I've kind of resurrected a statement we used back in 2017. I kind of polished it up, kind of did a little something with it. And here it is right here. The heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring him glory personally and publicly. Are you hearing me? The heart that is prepared in private with God, that takes time with God, that takes time to not only talk with God, to listen to God, all right, and then takes time to look for God. All right, we're going to talk about that in a couple of more weeks here. But the heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring him glory personally 
and publicly. See, our problem is we have a huge tendency in our Christian lives to have most of our spiritual growth happen in like worship services and Bible studies, which are not bad. But, but, but you have to do some of the heavy lifting yourself. What heavy lifting? Once again, grab that Bible. Use your back. Use your back. Use your back. And your legs. No, don't use your back. Wait, that was bad, right? We don't use our back. We use our legs, right? Use your legs. Use your legs. Use your legs. It's big. There it is. Heavy lifting done. Start and let him do the rest. Amen. Let him do the rest. That's what he does. Come on, man. You can do this. He wants to sit with every one of you personally. He wants to sit with every one of you privately. Some of you are like, I know, dude, I do this all the time. I'm with him. I mean, I, I, that's great. Recognize that this, this message and this series of messages, as they are, are not just for you to put into practice, but for you to lead others to practice. We are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. It's not just called to be a disciple. I mean, I don't, I think we're, we're, we're like, we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're in, uh, we're, uncomplete, we're incomplete disciples when we're not making disciples. Because he told the disciples to go and make more disciples. So in the life of a disciple, it is to become a disciple. It is to be a disciple who makes disciples, amen? That is the reciprocal life of a disciple, that's how the church, that's why we're still here, because men and women chose to do that over these past 2,000 years. And so, so, so you take this stuff, right? Take it personal. Make it private. And it'll show publicly. Because again, the heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring him glory personally and privately. Got a short story I want to share with you out of the scriptures. Um, the... Uh, uh, it's, in the, it's in the book of Luke, all right? If you want to turn to Luke chapter 10, and uh, I believe we have a little bit of instruction right here. It's really, really good. Um, if you have an app, I just got all kinds of humidity just going off inside this shirt. And here's what I'm afraid of, because sometimes when it gets really, really hot, I just had this happen one time, but watch some old videos where the, height, the, the air wasn't working. And seriously, I sweat right here, I sweat right here, and then I sweat right here, and it looks like I have a smiley face. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> so I'm good with that. At least it's smiling. If it was a frown, I'd be I'd like, ah, oh, forget it. But so if I get a smiley face, just smile back, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's pray. Father, we just give you the praise. Lord God, we give you all the honor and all the glory, Lord God, and we're thankful. And Lord, uh, that's your word. How good is it, Lord God, to take time just to listen to you? May we just breathe right here at your feet and take the time to hear your voice, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.
So Luke chapter 10. It's a story, right? Uh, Jesus has uh, just been out and doing all kinds of just amazing things because he's Jesus, all right? And um, he just got through sending out the, uh, some of the disciples to go out and do some crazy stuff too, just like him and kind of, uh, and, and they were doing all kinds of fun stuff, <laughs> you know, casting out demons, it's real fun, um, you know, healing the sick, all kinds of craziness, coming back, sharing the stories. It was really, really good. And, um, and it says, that, and then that they, they, in verse 38, it says, now as they, as they went on their way, as they, as they kept on moving, because the gospel needs to keep moving. Because the gospel keeps, needs, needs to, is alive. You see, the gospel never needs to just sit in your house. The gospel never needs to just sit in your pockets or in your mind or in, even just mainly just in your heart. The gospel needs to keep moving. It needs to keep going, all right? And that's, that's because there's so many people that don't know that they can know Jesus, amen? And we need to make it easier for them to know Jesus by moving the gospel. All right, and it says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, all right? And a woman there named Martha uh, welcomed, her in, welcomed him into her house. And Martha, all right, you'll hear, there's other stories about Martha and Mary and Lazarus. They're kind of this family. They're kind of some of uh, Jesus's really good friends and he kicked it with them a lot. And uh, I mean, even, you know, Lazarus died one time. He told him, get up, you're not dead, all right? Uh, and then, and he did, you know, and he died again later, but you know, Jesus is the only one who stayed up. So it was pretty cool. Um, and so, uh, you know, she invites him over to her house. I mean, it's Jesus. I mean, if Jesus came to town, would you invite him to your house? Right? Would you invite him to your house? You're like, wait, <laughs> can I have a, two hours? <laughs> two hours. Because I didn't have time to clean before I left, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? So, yeah, yeah, right. right. But well, watch, watch what happens, right? So, so she, Martha welcomed him to her house. And he came over to her house. And look what happens. I mean, see if you picture the scene, man. Jesus comes in saying, what's up? All right. What would you be about? When Jesus walks in your house, what was the first thing you'd be doing? What would you be about? What would you be, what would you, what would you, where would your, where would your actions be? What would you be doing? Where would you be moving? I'd be buying them out to the garage because I want them to look at some really cool stuff I have. All right. And so, you know, I'll be thinking about all that. Anyways, here's what happens. He walks in, all right, and he's hanging out. And it says in verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Jesus came in, kicked back. Immediately, Mary sits right there with Jesus. Sits right there. If Jesus walked into your house right now, right now, without you going home, cleaning up and anything like that, you're thinking of your house right now, aren't you? You're like, hmm, wait a second. I left, you know, those movies. He's not going to like those. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just think, come on. If he came in and sat down, what would you be about? Would you be doing the merry thing? Look what she says. She, he, he, she sat at his feet and listened to his teaching. She took time. She said, nothing else matters at this moment. This idea of listening is this, is this leaning in with an intention to fill some spaces that need to be filled. Think about that. It's this idea of leaning in, all right, because you got some spaces going on in here, maybe in here, maybe in here, and, and this is the only one that you believe can fill those spaces. And so you're leaning in, and that's what she did. But Martha, here we go, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, don't you even care? 
Did you ever say that to Jesus? I mean, come on, be real. Some of you probably have said that. I think I've said that before too. All right. Don't you even care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to leave you and come with me. Think about that. Tell her to leave you and come with me. I'm sorry, I got to do a shameless plug right here for those of you who are dating. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, I'm going to go there. Like, this is not a dating sermon. You're right, but I got to tell you this, okay? If you're dating someone who knows the Lord, listen up. If you're dating someone who knows the Lord, and, they, and imagine this, and you want to have, you know, relations, and you want to have sex, all right, with this person who knows the Lord before you're married, is imagine this. Here's this man, this woman praying, talking to Jesus, and you're going, come on, leave him, come with me. You know what I mean? Come with me. How do you feel about that? Some of you want to leave now. Too bad. Sorry, man. It's just, it's Jesus stuff, man. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. He's got a better plan. It's not a dating sermon, okay, but we'll get there someday. We'll have a sermon series called Sex. See how many people show up. It's going to be awesome. All right, so here we go. <laughs> Martha's like, man, are you kidding me? And check this out. It says, Martha was distracted with so much serving. Martha, this, this word distracted literally means he, she was pulled away. She was pulled away. What is distracting you? What is pulling you away? All right, what is, what is keeping you from sitting at the Lord's feet? Because sometimes it's just getting a little more sleep. Sometimes that sleep is necessary because we didn't get to sleep earlier, early enough. Again, you're in control. What you allow, what you create. What is pulling you away? Let me ask you this. How many of you are in prayer circles where people will be praying? And when they start praying, you're thinking about everything but that prayer. Anybody? All right? About what you want to buy online, right? I just did it. And I was, I was so, we had, a, okay, I'm giving myself to everybody. We had a prayer meeting in the back. We do this every, we have two meetings, all right? The second one is we kind of go through flow and we start, you know, praying. And immediately, um, Okay, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm giving myself up. I started thinking of like how, like I want some really, I want some cool saddlebags for my motorcycle, all right? And <laughs> I'm thinking about how I can, you know, get the pain. And I'm like pulled away. I'm being pulled away. We're praying. We are talking to Jesus. And I'm thinking about paint job on my saddlebags that I don't even got yet, that I don't need. <laughs> Okay, am I the only one that does that? <laughs> so you guys are looking at me like, dang, dude, we should be preaching, not you. All right? So, sorry. I got it. But Martha was distracted. With, so, I mean, Mary is right there, man. She is just, time has stopped for her. Time has just stopped. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. Breathing him in. Jesus is breathing out. And Mary is breathing in. It's time with the Lord right there. That's time with the Lord. He breathes out and we breathe in. Amen. Martha is being pulled away. She's got this and this and this. I know that would be awesome. I wish, must be nice. Jesus says this, Martha, 
Martha. When Jesus has to say your name twice, it's probably a bad deal. You know what I mean? Ernie. Ernie! <laughs> what? Why? Don't worry about the motorcycle bags, man, brother. Okay, come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, come on. Am I getting a smiley face? I feel like it's starting. It is. Excuse me, I'm going to go wipe off my belly. I'll be right back. Nothing happens. Just talk amongst yourselves. It's all good. I did that once in service. Turned around real quick. My wife was so angry. Don't you ever do that again? Okay, I left this time. All right. <laughs> what were we talking about? Martha. Jesus said, Martha, Martha. He said, you're anxious. You're worried. You're worried. Man, what is worry? Remember we talked about this before. It's just Wasted imagination. That's what worry is. Wasted imagination. When you were worrying about something, you're worrying about something that may that mostly has not happened yet or is not happening. And we're wasting our imagination on that instead of making something happen. This is Martha, you're, you're, you're anxious and you're troubled. You're disturbed. Your mind is just caught up and is uneasy. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled. You're worried and disturbed about many things. So many things. And you know, when did that start? Because I remember when I was a kid, the only thing I was worried about, I wasn't really worried about, I was just concerned about getting G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. That's all I cared about. I wanted a G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. When I got the G.I. Joe, I just wanted a Jeep for him to cruise around in. That's all I needed. When did I start allowing things to just pile up and pile up and pile up? And I remember when things got so, so crazy and so, so jam-packed and full in my life. And I remember when I gave my life to Christ, it seemed like those just all just were released. You remember that? Anybody? When did we start putting stuff back in the bag? Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled about so many things. He says, but one thing, man, come on, say one thing. Just say one thing, he says, but one thing is necessary. One thing is needed. One thing that is missing that will constantly need to be replenished and filled and filled and filled that can only be filled by him. One thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, the good part that will be set aside for specific purposes. Mary has chose, chosen the good portion, the thing that's needed for her to carry on into what is after this conversation. Mary has chosen that one thing where time has stopped, where she has created a moment to where, where she has allowed, where she has taken time to sit at Jesus' feet because there are some empty spaces and she wanted those spaces filled. And the only one that could fill those spaces is, is, is the creator of time and space. And she chose that. And her chaotic life, because Mary had a very chaotic life, and her chaotic life would be trumped by our time with the Lord and would cease to be chaotic. It doesn't mean that the troubles would go away. It's she would just not be mastered by her problems and her stresses and her, pro and her, and her troubles. 
She would not be disturbed. She would not be anxious like, Mar- like Martha about many things. Why? Because the heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring him glory personally and publicly. Where you choose to do with your time. Come on. Predetermined time. What are you saying there? Well, she, she chose the portion that is necessary, that that. But what's going to be necessary for that next, for the road ahead? That predetermined time with God prepares us for undetermined circumstances that will always come. And the question is, are they going to catch you off guard? Jessica, you know Jessica who sings, right? Uh, she's a songwriter, sings... Beautiful voice, amazing, great woman of God. Known her since she was a little girl. Um, she was sharing a story with us the other day. Uh, her and her her son Ezra, who is all boy. I mean, this dude is all boy. I remember he was, they were at the house one day, and and my my granddaughter Ayla has a little Jeep that she likes to drive around, and he gets in the driver's seat immediately and says, "Come on, we're going to dinner." <laughs> Literally told her that. And then he was like, it won't start. I could fix it. And they're four years old. He gets out and he fix, he's like working on it. He fix it. I think I fixed it. And then Ayla goes, I could just make something. And literally, I'm not even kidding. I'm watching these guys. Freaks me out. It was pretty awesome. All right. Yeah, four years old. Oh boy. All right. Uh, she said, her, 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 I don't know if you, some of you guys know that her and Blake were, were building, they're building, well, Blake is building this amazing house and, uh, and, and they, were, they were getting ready to, uh, it was right before they were going to have to move in, you know, with some family and uh, just, you know, spend some time there while they're building this house. And that's always a little rough. I mean, we love our families and stuff, but it always gets a little bit rough. She said that, uh, you know, during, but before that time that her and Ezra were out, uh, they went out on this little hike. And they were going over these big rocks, trying to climb over these rocks. And she was trying to keep Ezra to hold her hand. And Ezra just kind of just wanted to roll, man. He's this old boy. He wants to jump and he wants to go on this one. And she's like, no, hold my hand. Stay with me. Because she could see that these rocks are going to get a little more treacherous as they move forward. And she said it was at that moment that the Lord spoke to her. And I'll just quote her. She says, the Lord spoke to me in a moment that told me and told me that this is us right now. This is me and him. He says, you're about to have a pretty rough year, running with the roughest in your life. Your marriage and family will be tested and you need to hold on tight. He says, I can see the large rocks ahead of you. I can see the other side and you can't. Don't let go of my hand or you're going to fall. You see, those, you, you hear those, 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 those things. You hear God speak those things when you choose to make time to listen for those things. When you choose to make time. Why? Because the heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring him glory personally and publicly. I don't know if you guys uh, have been watching, uh, or you hear me put Emery on blast all the time. All right, she's, uh, I always tell her she's the youngest, probably, but most mature uh, person on our sermon prep team. <laughs> More mature than me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she was telling him a story uh, where she was in church one time. And she said that um, while she was in church, uh, a woman walked in with her baby. And the baby was just kind of 
blowing it, just kind of not just settled, just was just very unsettled, right? And that the people around her were starting to get annoyed. And, then, and that she was even getting annoyed, not her, not Emery, but the mom was getting annoyed with the baby as well. And, and she watched her Lee get up and take the baby out of the auditorium. And here's what she said. She said, God told me that, you know, it, it was just like that God just kind of just told her that he was still proud of her for being there to make the effort, all right? Uh, you know, he was, you know, her effort was worth him being proud, that God is proud of people who are trying, those who are trying to know God, even though they're not good at it yet, she said. She said, God is looking at his children, all right, that are reading the word for even five minutes and thinking, I'm proud of you. She said, I, I saw it. Uh, I, she said, where I lost what she said here. You said something. I should probably just have her come up and talk. All right. She said, um, she says the same with my own personal Bible studies. She says, a crazy few weeks kind of left her, left, uh, left little time and motivation to spend time with the Lord in the mornings because she just had it crazy and stuff like that. But she said, I spent 15 minutes with him in his word and devotional this morning that she was talking, and he told me that he was proud of that. She said, I sought the Lord the best I could in the moment. And God is looking at the heart of that effort and those who do. And you hear these stories, man, and you're like, must be nice to be able to talk to God and to hear from God and stuff like that. Because I get it, man. The struggle is real. It is a struggle to live from the inside out. Why? Because we, you know, we, we, the development of what is on the inside is often ignored because what the outside has so many demands. And we've talked about this over the past few weeks. And because of that, we end up losing our center. But we just, I'm challenging you here to take Time, to control time, to order your time, all right? And to, to, to order your time. Here's what I want you to know, that we need to take time to be with the creator of time who can help us make better use of our time, amen? We need to take time to be with the creator of time, all right, who can help us make better use of our time. If time is created, if, if it's chaotic and if it's getting crazy, I just want to tell you to take time. I mean, if it's good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us, right? Check out Luke chapter 15. He says, he says that, 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 you know, he was going out and he was healing people and all kinds of people coming to the Lord and it was just amazing. It was just nuts, all right? And it says that now more and more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would do what? He would withdraw to, desol to desolate places and pray. Jesus, and then they see that the, the term places means that he didn't do this once, but he, do this, he did this often. And you read through the scriptures, and you can see that Christ himself would, would draw away to desolate places, and he would just pray. Now, this doesn't, this doesn't come naturally for us. And we're in a few weeks, I'm going to talk about, especially, you know, how, I mean, well, we're going to blow this all up. It's going to, we've got so much more to talk about. It doesn't come naturally for us. It doesn't just happen by habit, but it happens by intention. I love what Oswald Chambers says. He says, you know, he said this, if, if, if we have the idea that we have to put on our spiritual face before we can come near God, then we'll never come near him. We must come as we are as natural or unnatural as it may feel. Because the heart that is prepared in private 
is the heart that is going to bring him glory in public. It's your time. You own it. You can create or allow whatever takes place with your time. Schedule your time. Make a point to order your time with God, all right? Communicate it to those around you that you're gonna be taking time for God. How do I do this? I got a family. It's just going nuts and crazy. I'm gonna share three things that I wanna challenge you with, all right? And I'm not gonna tell you what it looks like to do in that time, all right? We're gonna get into that a little bit later and what could look like and stuff like that. But right now, I want to tell you, just schedule this. Schedule some time. Put them on your schedule. If you could put anything else on your schedule, you should be able to put God on your schedule. You're like, I feel bad putting them on my schedule. Well, do you feel better leaving them off? All right? I make a time, man. I have time. I calendar it, all right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Debbie and I both, we've communicated it to one another. So, so we recognize, we get up early in the morning and she goes and spends time with the Lord in one area of the house. I go and spend time with the Lord in another area. And we honor each other in that. Matter of fact, we celebrate that. And we encourage it. So I want to challenge you to three things when it comes to ordering your time and scheduling your time with God. Number one, you need to know your rhythms. You need to know your rhythms. When is it, you know, like for, for me personally, all right, <clears throat> my mornings are best, you know, are, are, are the best times for me to spend with God because I'm feeling more creative. I'm feeling more introspective. I'm, 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 I'm ready to listen and hear <clears throat> in the mornings. By the time the afternoon comes around, I need to have people around me. I need to be talking to people and stuff like that. And so I know that, that my mornings are times with God. My afternoons are times with people. My evenings are just sold out for family. That's it. That's it. You have to know your rhythms. When I was uh, a mechanic down in, in Tucson, I was a full-time mechanic. I was a full-time uh, husband. I was a full-time dad. And I was a full-time, uh, actually, um, volunteer youth pastor. And I had to find time. You know what I did? I didn't want to steal time from my family because I was working all day. I want to tell my family, hey, can you guys just shut up and try to talk to Jesus? I didn't do that. I would just get up before they got up. I would get up before they got up, spend some time with the Lord. And then if I wanted some more time in the evening when we were home, I'd wait for them to go to bed and spend some time with the Lord. So you need to know your rhythms, man, and what's going to work. You need to communicate it to your family. Number two, you need to prioritize. You see, there was a time before I got a hold of my rhythms that I did not prioritize my time. And I've told some of you this before. I was in youth ministry, as volunteer youth ministry, full-time dad, full-time husband, full-time employee, full-time youth minister. And I was spending all kinds of time at the church. I was spending all this time serving. And it took my wife to go, hey, hey dude, over here. I'm like, what? She's like, what about us? You're over here serving the Lord and we're left in, you know, the dust. She wasn't being like, oh, how could you say it? No, she was being real. My priorities are my priorities. I'm his, I'm hers, I'm theirs, and then I'm yours. I had it upside down. 
So I quit the ministry for eight months, stepped out. We had our youth ministry at that time was bigger than our church. It was huge. It was going, it was rocking. But God said, no, you have a priority ministry back here that this ministry is worthless if they look over your shoulder and see wreckage in your marriage and with your children. So I had to prioritize my time to number one, first thing in the morning is his time. And from that is her time. And then with her, it's their time, our children and grandchildren. And then after that is your time. Yeah, you guys come last. Sorry. You know what I mean? At least you're on the list, right? <clears throat> but think about how does that work for you? How do you prioritize your time? And then finally, number three, put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. Prioritize. Debbie and I, we were just sitting down uh, two nights ago, and we're just matching calendars. I share my church calendar, and she shares our family calendar. And obviously, the family calendar has veto rights over the church calendar. But on my calendar, and I'm not just bragging, I just say, I have to do this. On my calendar, you'll see a time block from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., and that is private preparation with Jesus. 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Sometimes it goes earlier, sometimes it goes later, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's on my calendar because this just happened just the other day. Somebody says, hey, man, I want to meet with you. Uh, let's meet. You're up early. Let's do 6.30. You can't. You're like, what? Oh, I got to. I already got something scheduled. I'll even pull out my phone. Nah, I can't do it. I got something scheduled. I don't have to tell him, hey, man, I'm spending time with Jesus, man. What are you trying to do? Make me a sinner? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't tell him that. It's on my calendar because it's a priority. Come on, man. Know your rhythms. Prioritize. Put it on your calendar. Why? Because the heart that is prepared in private is the heart that will bring him glory personally and publicly. Amen? Man, man, last week we opened up right here, man, and some of you guys are recognizing, and this is every week. If you don't even know Jesus, because if you don't know Jesus, trying to spend time with Jesus, it's going to be just like, just, you're, you're going to be like in a foreign land. I want to challenge you, man. We're going to be up here to pray with you right now. If you don't know Christ... What's taking you so long? Time is not promised. All right? It's here and then it's gone. You got another story, but we're too late. All right, praise the Lord. What are you going to do about that? Come on. We're going to be up here praying. If you don't know Christ, man, make something happen. Praise the Lord.